Welcome to another episode of Twitching Upstream. Uh, this is probably one of my top 10 favorite shows that I do every week, Dylan. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know what this show is, uh, what Dylan and I do, we have a show on Sundays called Talking Upstream where we engage with other creators. Uh, we actually had a really cool guest last week. We had Miss Tiffany Mosher. Uh, Tiffany Mosher from, uh, she wrote that beautiful book, Beyond the mm -hmm. Threshold, about all of her help, uh, you know, doing awesome things around the world. This coming Sunday, though, we have uh, a really cool guest. We have Mr. Timothy Dowling, from the guy who actually created the movie Role Models. He wrote Role Models and Pixels, yeah. Yep, created Role Models, wrote Role Models, wrote the screenplay for Pixels. Very, very good friend, apparently, of Adam Sandler. Uh, gets text messages from Will Smith. Very cool interview. Uh, so that's coming out this yeah. Sunday. But what Dylan and I decided to do on our Tuesday show, since we are live and we can engage with people, we wanted to show people how we take the idea that we come up with on talking upstream and then keep working it on down to something that we can do uh you might have seen a couple of things that we've already worked on like i said we have a twitch uh, talk upstream this show we do the real boys which is a movie review show on mondays and fridays we have another show coming out soon called no time to binge uh we do a whole bunch of stuff recently though and I'm very proud of this. We recently <laughs> oh, yeah. put out our Create Your Own Pod Venture. Uh, Dylan took a lot of time, wrote 18 episodes of a kind of Create Your Own Path as it winds down uh, the mysterious trials and tribulations of sci-fi, nerddom, and uh, tech gear. So uh, please go check out Create Your Own Pod Venture. We're, we're very proud of it. And uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, go check that out. You can see everything that we do on somenobodies.com. Uh, we actually already started working on the second season of uh, Create Your Own Pod Venture, which is going to be real cool. Uh, but check it out. Give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. And uh, let us know what endings you get because there are about yeah. eight different there are eight different endings in there. Uh, a lot of really cool uh, uh, voices you might uh, have heard from other from other, some of our stuff. But um, before we get into anything else that is some nobodies, Dylan Terry, my friend, how are you, sir? Doing okay, Zach. Doing yep. okay. Yeah. Ig ignore this. Under Yeah, ignore that. Don't ignore worry what? about it. How are you? I'm great, dude. I'm great. Uh, yeah, ignore everything else uh, around me. Also, <laughs> I'd appreciate that. Uh, sorry, I'm sharing all of our stuff right now. Oh yeah. Okay. So uh, before we get really getting into all of the complexities of making a story and working on characters, uh, I always have some like a little bit of nerd news that I like to talk about and uh, get get Dylan's opinion on it. Uh, one of the things I'm not sure if you saw this recently. One of the things that came up is the Warner Media merger. Um, now, I don't know how much you know about this, but Warner Media and Discovery have joined forces and they now Warner owns like everything, uh, Disney, TNT, TBS, uh, everything, Discovery Channel, all that stuff. Now, the thing is that, that the Discovery people now own 26% of Warner Media. And apparently, they have zero interest in DC Comics. So, Warner Media is up to sell comics. And obviously, we know the people that have the most amount of money have an interest in DC. Dylan, what happens if Marvel and Disney buy DC Comics? I'm terrified of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's looking like Amazon and Disney and Comcast are becoming the big ones again. Mm -hmm. And I don't see much standing in the way of it. And that scares me a little bit. Yeah, for real. Uh, speaking of Amazon, Amazon recently just spent a bunch of money too. They put $9 billion down into buying MGM and the James Bond franchise. Yeah. Now, MGM has over 400 titles, including some like pretty big you know, Oscar winners, uh, Sounds of Lambs, et cetera, et cetera. But wh what do you think this means for Bond if Amazon buys it? Well, I did read that the, I don't remember their name, but the family that owns the Bond rights. The Broccoli's? The Broccoli's, yes, because I remember it being very strange. Yeah. The headline was very strange. It was like, Broccoli's Warren Amazon. And I'm like, what in the world does that mean? 
Yeah. But they were uh, really cautious about the idea of Bond films going on to Prime or Bond showing up in like TV series because there's a prestige to the Bond films. There's a prestige to it. Kind of. Still. <laughs> I think even still, you know, among the general movie-going populace, yeah, a Bond movie is considered like, oh, there's a new Bond movie. No one else makes them. Like, he is a franchise, and he's been right. going for, like, what, 50 years now? Yeah. So I get it. I, I doubt something's going to get in the way of it, though. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But, I mean, yeah, there's the streaming wars are going pretty big. So Disney's yeah. going nuts. Uh, Warner Bros. going nuts. Now Amazon is going nuts. Um, the, uh, the Wild West is over, and now everybody's starting to struggle against each other. Yeah, the, the streaming West has begun. Um, okay, in other nerd news, the Internals trailer came out. I'm not sure how much people know about the Eternals. They're a very cool, complex uh, comic book group. Uh, the basics of the, the basis of the movie is after visiting Earth, the Celestials experimented with human DNA and created two offshoots, the Eternals and the Deviants. The former gained, gained immortality while the latter was deformed with unstable DNA. Um, so pretty much this means that the Eternals, which are like the super group uh, and the Deviants, now now, Thanos is he has a deviant gene so he is like mm. so if you watch the trailer uh Angela Jolie technically Thanos is her cousin I think okay. I think they're first cousins okay. um so yeah I'm, I'm excited the trailer was pretty cool obviously what they're trying to do is build um like that that uh what, what do you call it when you just have a bunch of characters in a movie um ensemble yeah, they want another yeah. ensemble like Guardians of the Galaxy uh, and not so much inter-universal stuff. So uh, if you haven't seen a trailer, go check it out. It's not a lot that gives you, uh, but it's pretty. It looks pretty high fantasy. Like, it looks like they're really going into the fantasy element of it because it's ancient aliens, kind of. Like, it's like ancient Earth, the Eternals visit, give us that fancy looking city, and then so, hang so pretty, out for yeah. a few thousand years and don't do anything. Right. So kind of the way it works is the Celestials will go planet to planet that has any kind of emerging intelligence. They will drop uh, the cele uh, the um, the Deviants and uh, uh, the uh, Eternals. Uh, what the fuck are they called already? <laughs> Eternals and Deviants? Yeah, the Eternals, yeah. They'll drop them down for a little bit, and then they'll come back later on and be like, hey, are you guys worth living? And then d sometimes, uh, and you've seen it in Guardians of the Galaxy, the the uh, Celestials will just destroy full planets if they yeah. felt that they're not worth it. So the Eternals have to kind of boost uh, humanity and kind of give them a little bit to make sure that they can survive. So it's, it's it's an interesting story in the comics. I don't know what they're going to do with it in the you know in the movies. Okay, sure. Okay, nerd news. Now I'm sure you've seen this in the news, but it is so interesting to me. So uh, tardigrades, right? Uh, they're in the Ant Man movie. We understand that they are tiny little critters uh, that yeah. are full of water for some reason. Now it turns out that tardigrades can survive in the pressures of space, uh, the vacuums, the colds. They can survive everything by going into a stasis that they call tun, which is pretty much just a hibernation. Um, now, what scientists are thinking is that they can shoot a bunch of tardigrades to different planets to put life on these planets. The problem is that the impact is killing them, except they recently found out that they can shoot them into Europa and uh, and the, the impact will not kill them. What they have to do now is find a way to rehydrate them once they get on Europa and then there's life out there. How do you feel about the fact that we're just shooting life into space? <laughs> Awesome. I'll take a, oh my God. I'll take a, I'll take a it, snort any day. This is this is the backstory to any sort of like like distant sci-fi nonsense where you you find out that the ancient species on a different planet just shot life into outer space. Yeah. Oh man. Um it feels like we're I NASA has really stringent guidelines on sanitizing their spaceships. And satellites and rovers before they send them to Mars. Because we don't want to cross-contaminate other planets. Yeah. Feels like a recipe for disaster down the line. <laughs> or absolutely nothing. I. It's just so absurd that we're like, you know what? Screw it. Yeah. Screw it. Yeah, we're screw sending it. tardigrades to Euro uh, uh, Europa. Yeah. Screw it. We're doing it. Uh, uh, other weird science news. Uh, it turns out that scientists recently found that in a first nuclear bomb... 
a new kind of crystal was found that should not be on Earth. It's called quasi-crystal. Uh, and a quasi-periodic crystal or quasi-crystal is a structure that is ordered but not periodic. So this is almost a, uh, a forced element that we created by causing so much damage. Uh, now, do you think for any reason, Dylan, that this crystal can <laughs> can be worth money, enough money that now governments would want to drop more uh, atom bombs to create more of it? I don't know what purpose they serve. Or is it just rarity? Because it feels like something a collector would spend money on. Yeah, so apparently the only way this thing can be formed is during the Big Bang. Now, while we made a nuclear blast, we made a very small yeah. Big Bang. Now, they found inside of uh, something that is called, um, let's see, it's called tri Trinitite. Inside Trinitite, they found uh, what what is this uh, quasi-crystalline pattern that can fill any available space but it lacks any transitional symmetry. Uh, symmetry. So it, it is a weird element. I don't know what it's for, but apparently like scientists are freaking out because you can only find this on meteorites. So uh, yeah, if, if you're interested in that stuff at all, please check that out. It, it, it is wild. Uh, it, 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 does, it does sound like something we would create in one of our stories though. It does. It feels like it's, a, I mean, it's another one of those scientific discoveries where it's like, how does this affect me in everyday life? But it breaks open another door they can go through in actual science. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. Shoot it, <laughs> shoot it at Europa. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, shoot it at some tardigrades. Uh, the last bit of nerd news that I want to talk about today is a very special day uh, for me, for a lot of nerds, May 25th. Dylan, do you know what happened in history on May 25th? Um, give me a second. Are you uh, Googling? Let's see. Yeah. Well, I, it's it's also in the notes of the day, man. <laughs> the St. Louis Gateway Arch was finished in 1968. Very close. Uh, Star Wars came out. Star Wars oh, came out May, May 25th, 1977. And slightly more important to uh, a different generation, the Solo movie came out May 25th, three years ago. <laughs> Sorry, go no. keep going. All right, now there is a big push for release solo two. <laughs> How do you feel about this timeline? Because if you get into this timeline and there's no Jedi's and there's really none of that stuff, it seems like a cool time to to go over the Star Wars universe as far as like bounty hunters and rogues and under stuff. I think the problem that Star Wars has they they are so hand shackled to uh, Skywalkers for some reason or just that lineage. No. So do you think that there's any chance an offshoot? especially in that timeline, can work. Stop making it about characters that existed in the original trilogy and make something original, you cowards. Yeah, hell yeah. It's not hard. Yeah, they do it, me... they do it in video games all the time, kind of. Yeah. Like, they inevitably... I called a friend out. He was playing uh, Fallen Order. Fallen Order? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was like, there's a moment towards the end that you are really going to hate. And I go, let me guess. Darth Vader shows up and he's an unbeatable force because he's hunting all the Jedi. And he just kind of looks at me and smirks and turns around. And I'm like, stop doing that. Stop yeah. doing that. <laughs> There's plenty Although, of stuff going on. It doesn't all have to be Star uh, 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 Skywalker. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I would also, I, you know, speaking of Star Wars, though, I wish one of the characters that is very prevalent in the comics and the novels that never gets any uh, live action play is Dr. Aphra. I don't know if you know much about Dr. Aphra, but she's an archaeologist that kind of works for Darth Vader a little bit. She also has like these uh, homicidal droids. Uh, I know vaguely the name and that that concept yeah yeah i'm really hoping that she gets in there she's one of the the, the the few gay characters in star wars she has such a cool timeline uh she portrays palpatine and vader over and over again then she has these crazy assassin droids that kind of make her work for them it, it's really really cool anyway okay so isn't uh, i don't know salacious p crumb is one of the most famous gay characters in star wars salacious crumb is uh not gay he is oh. uh <laughs> yeah he oh. hasn't i don't think he's ever said anything He's just out there. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That is horrific. <laughs> okay, so what we do on this show, we take a very weird idea that we've ever come up with on Talking Upstream or just something else, and then we work on it and evolve it into something. I'm going... <laughs> Actually... Oh, uh, yeah. Zach knows yeah. what this is faces for. Oh, yeah. You want to become famous? Buy followers, primes, and viewers on HTT... Uh, whatever. No, we don't want to be famous. Uh, yeah. we, are strugg- we are struggling. We do want... Oh, we do want to be famous. They're coming to oh. us in droves. Oh, wait. Maybe we do want to be famous. Uh, yeah. we're, we're famous enough that people are asking us stream, if we want to be famous. Stream your per- space, parentheses, space, big follow, space, dot, space, com, space, end parentheses, exclamation point. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense, honestly. Yeah. Uh, That's it, how URLs are formatted. Dude, the, uh, internet's, the internet's so big. There's it was nothing just but, this easy all the time. <laughs> there's nothing but space. <laughs> if only we could just buy our way into fame. Right. Um Anyway, so we're going to take a concept, and I'm going to let Dylan uh, talk about the one that we're going to work on and then what we should do uh, moving forward. So, Dylan Terry. Yes. Take it away, my friend. So, uh, previously on the last few episodes, we were doing a screenplay beat sheet for an idea we had come up with called Phantom Limb about a surgeon who got kidnapped by a supernatural gang and forced to do their supernatural surgeries for them. Just fun. Turned out to be a pretty fun kind of idea. We're going to move forward doing something with it. Maybe do a table read in the next span of time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we did, a, we did a film thing. So this time I thought, you know, we just released a new podcast, CYOP, uh, Create Your Own Podventure Appeal, which is not on this little banner down here, but that's okay. It's a new addition to the stable. Um, but we, uh, I thought, why not go back? Let's do another podcast. Um so one of our ideas that we developed early on in Twitching Upstream wait, is what, this idea. Wait, what'd you say? What's not down where? It's not in this little show banner. Oh. It's in the middle. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's anyway, so, we, so previously on Twitching Upstream, <laughs> uh, like I said, ig- ignore this. Um, previously on Twitching Upstream, we had talked about this idea for a podcast which we had kind of described as serial with superheroes, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, we called it the Catastrophe in Wichita, or Red Wichita, about a supervillain who takes over the city of Wichita, Kansas, uh, fortifies it into like their own little proto-nation, and then the equivalent, you know, the big, strong superhero shows up to save everybody, but it's kind of questionable as to his motives. Um, so I'm going to toss up this little dock right here, I'm going to make it a little bigger because I learned in a previous episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, we had yep. originally mapped out six episodes worth of content for this, uh, maybe about an hour, 45 minutes each. Um, and I'm just going to read through a very baseline, just kind of summary of what we had hit up. Uh, so episode one was what you need to know. Uh, it describes what the podcast is, who all shows up, uh, the villain is named Red Emperor. The hero is Superion. It follows a woman named what's what's her name? Daf, uh, Daphne Driver. She's a uh, reporter for the Wichita Eagle. Um, she attempts to contact Superion. She interviews Red Emperor's attorney, um, and then sets out to prove that Superion is not a force for good, but at the best, he's apathetic towards everybody. We do episode two, which is building up to the catastrophe itself. You interview a a few superheroes who were instrumental in, like, who were localized in Wichita at the time, why Red Emperor chose Wichita, and a bunch of just kind of clips and interviews of what led up to it to really ratchet that tension. Then we go to episode three, which is the actual attack and occupation. Red Emperor attacks the city. Uh, We see what life is like under a city under siege, effectively like under occupation by a supervillain. Mm-hmm. Uh, we interview a bunch of heroes who kind of like sneak supplies in and out, help people escape the, the bad guys. And then we get some uh, just kind of news clips to show how people are reacting to it and why the U S government eventually abandoned a diplomatic solution. They get to episode four, which is the actual catastrophe itself. That's when Superion shows up. The big superhero fight results in a lot of property damage, a lot of loss of life, collateral damage. Interview people who are saving people, uh, street-level stuff that happened during that in the immediate aftermath. And then uh, we do the actual aftermath itself, like the long-term effects. Um, what Superion did, where Red Emperor went, rescue operations, relief, foreign aid, interviews with people about 
how the world reacts when people of mass destruction go at each other. Uh, and in episode six is two years later, uh, the recovery efforts, anything like that, uh, superhero response teams, where everybody is now, and a kind of call to action to hold these uh, super-powered individuals responsible. Um, that's kind of what we had lined up. That's what we had outlined. Um, yeah. And I thought that we would just go through this kind of just segment by segment, because how we tend to do this is um, we will kind of split our shows up into sections. Mm -hmm. So that way we can kind of pace them out. Silicon Angels was a, good, uh, a great example because it would be like opening, two calls, fake commercial, two calls, uh, hint towards the next episode. And obviously the formula changes on occasion, but this time what we had kind of done, we, we didn't follow quite something so formulaic because this is more of a linear serialized story. Uh, so yeah, um, I think we can either do some character work just to kind of know who these people are and maybe launch into that first episode. Yeah. Uh, well, we definitely have to figure out the, the world of this. Like, mm -hmm. uh, we need to talk about what happens at, you know, like the event, uh, mm -hmm. which, which causes, you know, everything to, uh, happen really. So, um, or do you want to just do backstory? for this one yeah let, let's let's work on the backstory leading up into why this person decided to make a podcast out of this um so do you have do we have any actual data as far as what events occurred uh so the original idea was that red emperor is a supervillain with we hadn't really decided what his power set is but it's something kind of mean you know like there's super, certain superhero sets that are mean, um, like blood magic, uh, dark sides, whole arsenal, doomsday, that sort of thing. Yeah, we figured he was powerful, and he was looking to carve out his own little personal kingdom in this breadbasket city because Wichita is central. Kansas is a huge agriculture and livestock state. So establishing your kind of like new capital there makes sense in this sort of universe. And also it's poorly defended because it's not a huge city. Yeah. So, okay. So Red Emperor went to this place and he, what? Like he, I know he's trying to carve his own thing out, but what did he actually do? Did he uh, like uh, uh, enslave people there? Did he force everyone out? Um, was it uh, a big mass murder? Uh, do, do people just really not know what happened but can't get into this place? What what kind of backstory do you, th or what kind of weird stuff happened in Wichita for this, what, month or whatever? I like the idea that Wichita becomes walled in somehow. He yeah. has someone with him that can do either earth powers or can, I, I mean, you know how Magneto did in Days of Future Past where he drops a stadium around the White House or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, or terraforms or something. Yeah, someone who can shape, who can ground, who can turn the ground into a barrier. So that way people can't just walk or drive in and out of the city. All right, cool. And what does he do with the people inside? He establishes a puppet state. You know, he establishes just like a sovereign state where he goes, you are no longer citizens of the United States. You're a citizen of my empire. Mm. Uh, and then he has his enforcers just kind of like try and enforce. Okay. Now, does does Red Emperor like go all the way down and like change out money for the for the people that are there? Like he's like, look, you, you can't even use US dollars anymore. You have to use... Um, Im Imperial, Im Im Imperial Lux. <laughs> Imperial, uh, red, red dollars. I don't, I like the idea that he does try to mint his own currency. And there's like a little bit mentioned on later with an interview where it's like, yeah, those emperor dollars are going for like 1500 on eBay. Everybody <laughs> wants, because everybody wants one. Yeah. It turns out he disrupted the economy 30 years later by printing this fake money. Um, Okay, so how long did he take over Wichita? 
it needs to be long enough that it has an effect, but also realistically it can't be too long because someone would do something about it. Yeah, um, so it, so it's either like two weeks or a month, right? I think I think let's 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 meet in the middle and say three weeks, twenty-one days. All right. He moves fast. Yeah, the 21, 21 day event that we know as Red Wichita. Um, yeah. so he goes in there, he blocks off Wichita from um everything. You can't get in, you can't get out. Uh, but because he has powers and he has friends that are powers, they bring all the supplies in and then they set the economy. Uh, and he is just trying to have his own sovereign state, right? He is trying yeah. to uh, at first annex from the U.S. and then combat the U.S. Yeah. All right, cool. And so his entire says, goal is to make – he, I, I say we try and have him emulate the North Korea problem where it is too, it, the cost of removing him might be too great okay. where he's trying to get into that position. So I feel like he might need some sort of leverage on a for, on an international level. I um, like yeah. I mean, Russia's the obvious choice for a baddie here, but I we could go with someone more interesting. I think more interesting. Uh, yeah, Russia. Russia is a boring enemy. I mean, that's like every, that's yeah, everything. That's everybody. Yeah. So let's say like Argentina. You think Argentina could feasibly be a strong enough ally to cause the United States to question their involvement? A real question. Do I think Argentina is strong enough to what? I if we if we ticked off Argentina, do you think the US would be like, oh, I don't know if we want to go there? Because the reason people don't want to tick off North Korea is that they have China potentially as an ally. So I was thinking it would be someone who is you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. I don't really want to. Uh, you don't want to get too much into the geopolitics. I, de- I definitely don't want to be political. I was looking for more okay. of like a, like a comedic. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. And, okay. and then I think of like where's the most bad guys that I know, and I'm like, I know gotcha. Nazis. I know Nazis are in Argentina, so it could be a company. It could be a corporation. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, he has corporate backers. Yeah. <laughs> International corporate backers. Megacorp. There's like a there's like a um, like a monetary version of the UN that just works on like the highest uh, GDP or something. He has megacorp backers who provide shadowy support without being obvious about it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And then it's like, well, the damage done to so and so if they if they do an embargo, it's like, well, the damage done right now is that the U.S. city is under siege. Yeah, I think that's cool. Because uh, cool. that way, there's no place that can be like, well, we have to get yeah. back at them. Yeah. Most likely, uh, they have some kind of corporation that's, yeah. in, that's in Wilmington, Delaware for tax fraud. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, okay, so we have this event. Now, what what causes the event to stop? Like, what is it? Hyperion comes in and what? It's Superion coming in Superion. and just, what did you say? No, I, I misspoke oh, okay. his name. Oh, um. It's Superion coming in and doing his, like, sup, I'm here and I'm in- invincible, I'm here to stop stuff. And everybody's like, why did you take so long? And he's like, who's going to make me act faster? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I-, I couldn't get the funding to do this. Like, you think I'd do this stuff for free? Right. I, I have to take off work to stop crime. And part of Daphne's drive, part of the main character's drive, is to figure out why he took so long. Yeah, all right, that's cool. And it ultimately was stock S- prices. Same megacorp backers. Yeah, they're on the same side. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, even if they're not on the same side, they're sponsored by the same people. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. It's like, uh, well, megacorp sponsors me, so it's like, oh, well, megacorp sponsors me too. <laughs> I like that. And so eventually after, tw- after 21 days, uh, Superion comes in and he stops them by doing what? Is it another like disaster? I mean, the original idea we had is that the fight between him and all of Superior, all of Red Ember's goons 
is damaging enough to be causing like wide widespread consequences. Cool. So I mean, Superion could just go through just cleaning the entire place out, but it's one villain after the other, and it gets more and more destructive as they go on. Okay. Now, how about this uh, as an idea? So, if Red Emperor has walled off everything and is in charge of everything, technically, if anybody wants a job in there, they have to work for Red Emperor, which means even the normal civilians are now henchmen. So okay. when Superion comes in there. Uh, he has to f somehow figure out who is actual henchmen, uh, who are just doing it for the money. Uh, and so that way he can't just go in his wreck shop. But he does. And oh, he definitely does. And, yeah. So he's indiscriminate when he goes in to clean it out. Yeah. So <laughs> what if he, <laughs> what if he like looks up like payroll stubs and he's like, well, you took money from Red Emperor. So. You and you get you get laser tongue or whatever Superion has. He's got the he's got the one eye that's an alien gemstone, or yeah. uh, that's the 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 like out of time gemstone. Because oh. Superion's a guy from when uh, we did. Oh, what was the name of it? It was the superhero story we did where they were uh, like. Reverse revolver has the gun that shoots through time, and it it's That's knife cool. knife wolf gets. Yeah, oh, what, what do we call that? What was that? That was was that the, the That's an old talking upstream episode. Was that the Happy Time Squad or Fun Time Squad? No, <laughs> oh, that was that was actually the historical ones. That was a good that was a good episode though. Whatever that it was. had Time Burn and Queen Jackal. Wow, that's had some <laughs> had some really fun characters in there. And this was this was like an event, this was like an anthology story yeah. before the shape invades. What do we call that? It wasn't Nemesis, it wasn't Superion. I don't remember. Last Hero. Oh, that was Last Hero. That was wow. Last Hero. That was a yeah. cool episode. That was a good one. Yeah. Macro Detonator. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, and we'll have some of those characters make appearances in this so that when we eventually do Last Hero as a high-budget movie, it can be like, you watch the movie, go listen to the first podcast. Yeah, <laughs> find out where it all started. Yeah, uh, that's where Red Emperor comes from, and that's where he eventually dies, because he takes over, uh, he winds up at the end of this, after Superion like, frees Wichita, he flees to um, Mount Rushmore, where he's carved his own face into it four times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like I like that with like his four favorite like um, uh, emotions or whatever. Yeah, man, what episode was that on though? Like, that was what? a long time ago. That was episode number twelve. Wow, yeah. that's cool. That was with uh, our friend John Francois. Oh yeah, yeah. What up, John? I know you're not. You're eh, you're watching. Why not? Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. say you're watching. So when you watch it, you can be like, oh, he knows. Yeah, and I'm, I'm gonna, gonna put, explain the joke. Yeah, I'll put the link to I'll put the link to that to the episode that we created this first idea in uh, the comments. Yeah. So if, if you're seeing this, I'll also have it in the show notes if you're watching this later on, um, in case you want to see how it all began. But yeah, okay. So anthology wise, now all right, we have a couple people. We have a basic understanding of what this event is. Yeah. And we know that it ends. Uh, what are some lasting effects of this? Other than citywide PTSD, lasting effects rebuilding um, rebuilding the infrastructure because he broke every road and subway and tunnel in and out of Wichita. Yeah, reattach. Oh, excuse me, reconnecting Wichita to the world. So, does that mean like taxes in Wichita have to go up? Uh, there has to be like new, uh, like elections or something. I think the struggle of just. I wonder, okay, now, if we want to talk about fake geopolitical news, if, say, Red Wichita were stolen, right, it was taken away, and uh, the citizens, for some reason, have said, okay, say there's, like, a um, Stockholm Syndrome, <laughs> you that's, know what I mean? That's almost half a million people cut off from the rest of the country. Yeah, but what, so, when Red Emperor goes away... Mm -hmm. does Wichita have to vote if they want to go back to the U.S.? 
I don't think so. It would be like being invaded by a foreign power. Now, what if Wichita is upset that the that the U.S. didn't do anything and they don't want to go back? Which I think that's part of the general like Wichita's questioning about U.S. handling of the situation. Yeah, negotiation with terrorists? Question mark. Yeah, right, well, I, I like cool. that. Yeah, um, you've got the long-term like looting, missing people, general. It would be like it would be like the city had been under like some sort of natural disaster. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I think that's cool. All right. So if we're doing a six episode uh podcast on this, and if mm -hmm. we were going to do a normal three act structure, that means the first two episodes would be the first act of that. Now, the first act of this story that we're gonna work on is what? I wonder if we because the second act is generally a little longer. We do yeah. like the actual attack on Wichita happens halfway through the second episode. And then three is after that initial invasion, after the occupation started. Okay. Uh, which the fourth segment on episode two is a collection of clips from the day itself, which is all the, all the firsthand accounts and stuff like that. So is the, is this overall story we're going to tell, how first it seemed that a bad guy took over a city for 21 days. What actually happened was a worldwide company uh, funded two separate super beings to create uh, some kind of what global monetary. I mean, it, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what it is that we're going to tell in the story. Cause we have the setting for the story. Yeah. What's the, what's the story? They're, they're funding both sides. They have their fingers in too many pies. And this time, they happen to be on both sides of the conflict, which cost money and lives. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, okay. What, what year did this happen? When, when did this happen? Uh, ten minutes into the future. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, sometime in the near future. Okay, cool. And then it's a how, superhero story. So well, I, I guess my question is, how long before the reporter picked up the story did, did this oh, happen? Oh, I think originally we had planned that this podcast is coming out like two, three years after everything went ha went down. So that way, stuff is still in progress, but they've kind of settled. Okay, cool. Um, and use and the long term results, uh, long term results are what? I'm seeing some sort of. Probably not discussion because I think the actual bit would be really dull, but there is some mention of like some sort of legislation or registration, which you know, Civil War kind of touches on, but you know, it doesn't mean we can't also do it just differently. Yeah. Um, questioning, I mean, it kind of throws it's kind of a uh, setting wide deconstruction of the hero villain yeah, aspect I of superheroes. Yeah, I, I'm. I think I'm more interested in the aftermath of. I guess kind of like, um, you know, Adrian Toomes in like the Spider-Man movie. Like, you know, after the Battle of New yeah. York, there was all these yeah. ships laying around. So, uh, you know, the, the Wichita is ravaged, and then maybe there is even because of whatever had to happen. There's even like a little bit of radiation there. Yeah. Um, and the people are like kind of suffering, you know, like they, they need more assistance. So I think that oh. if we, yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. To uh, do some discussion on how it affected the average person. And I think that's what a lot of these interviews we're planning on interviews we're doing are where it's like, where we had one marked down where it was a guy who was helping people escape the city. They were just yeah. normal people, but it was, uh, it was incognito. That was his name. And because <laughs> he was hard to remember. Yeah. So he would get these groups of people and sneak them out of Wichita. And it would be like, you know, I remember one night we were down by the old. Uh, oh, my my uncles would be so disappointed in me. Whatever sports teams are in Wichita. Is that, is that Kansas? Oh, yeah, it's Kansas. It's not the Chiefs. My mom's going to be disappointed in me. Kansas? <laughs> Do they have sports? Wichita. Oh yeah, my yeah. My uncle's a basketball coach. Well, I know Kansas plays basketball, but like oh. 
There's no like major league teams in Kansas, is there? Sports in Wichita, Kansas. Thanks, Wikipedia. Uh, what is it? The Stars, the Wind Surge, the oh Thunder, Wichita Force, the Diamondbacks. They're minor pro football. So, so there's no sports teams in Kansas. No. Well, either way, I, I, I like. Okay, so how long did uh, Superion battle Red Emperor? <laughs> Because like if it's to the bat, I think it's I think it'd be a really cool story if the battle went on for twenty one days, <clears throat> and like people were like trying to live in this Walden state while like just super battles going, like lasers are firing everywhere, and uh, I you know, feel like twenty one days would completely remove that place from the map. You know what okay. I mean? Sure. Well, but. I like the idea that he. I. I okay. I do like the idea that it's not. A single event. I was thinking like it takes an afternoon. It's a really bad afternoon. Okay, but it I takes mean, that, an afternoon. But it cool depends too. on it depends on like because I thought there would be a period of time where the world is kind of like. So what do we do? Because we yeah. can't just go in. Because if we do, he'll kill everybody and leave. Oh, okay. But we also can't appease him because we're not going to let him have this city. Yeah. Okay. And Superion is being weirdly cagey about going in. So maybe maybe it maybe he holds the place for two weeks before Superion goes in there. Okay. Yeah. And then like the battles like a week long battle for some reason. Yeah. And people don't know why, but it turns out that it's like just a big ruse. But people yeah. are hurt. Red Emperor is in control for fourteen days. Superion takes seven days to clear it out. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And that's because um, I would assume that's because he does multiple attempts and gets driven back on occasion. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't, I guess I don't know why a supervillain wouldn't make some sort of ultimatum to leave him alone after that. You know what I mean? No. Like, don't come back, don't come back in here, or every time you do, not only are we going to beat you away, but we're going to kill 100 people every time you try. I mean, I you, we could even put that in there. Yeah, all right. Because I mean, he he's going, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to negotiate with terrorists. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to go in there, and it does cause catastrophe a couple times. Um, and and that, I that really does call Superion's motives into into question. If it's like every time you come into the city, a hundred people are going to die, and he's like, "Well, I'm coming in." So, yeah. Yeah. Here That's you go. That's really rough. <laughs> Can you see the screen? <laughs> I'm <laughs> uh which idea? Uh he has no idea what this show is even. So it doesn't We're talking matter. about Red Wichita. It's a uh <laughs> serial style podcast about a superhero invasion of Wichita in Kansas. Uh Red Emperor executes one hundred people. Calls yeah. Superion's moral morals into, into question as yeah. to why he keeps trying. And then he succeeds, so he's like, hey man. Yeah. Hey, what, justify the means. Hey, what what's two hundred lives compared <laughs> to the five hundred thousand I just saved? Yeah. And I think Superion try I think Superion does have like a and justify the means good guy thought of himself. You know what I mean? Yeah, Where sure. he's like He's like, I saved Wichita, and yes, people died, but people are going to die anyway. Yeah. And they're like, that, I'm not a superhero, but that's not good enough because I'm not a superhero. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool. Um, okay, so <laughs> who are the people that we are, all right, what, what are the things, what, what do you want to work on now? I think we work on characters, like specific right. characters. So we know that our main reporter is Daphne Driver. Um and does she ever does she ever talk to Red Wichita or Superion? She tries to get Superion, but his press people won't let her. All right, you know, she because th he has a full team, and they're just like he's not taking any questions about the uh, about the event. And she's like, I'm doing a I'm doing a report about it, and they go, Well, he's not taking any questions. Now, does she talk to people that are in the government when 
red emperor took over like yeah. say say like the mayor of wichita uh was the first person to be like hey i'm on your side red emperor whatever you need i'm here oh yeah and, i like that and then when she's like so you know what how is what am i supposed to do like I, I have people in my city to take care of you know um because i would assume that a lot of politicians would do that yeah oh yeah <laughs> when you're when you're confronted by a a human embodiment of like an erupting volcano. Yeah. You're going to placate that volcano. Yeah. Um, so in episode one, what are some things that we want to learn about this event? And I think that that's what will help us drive who we interview. What if red emperor has like lava magma tectonic powers. So he is the one to raise the walls around Wichita and the entire landscape of the center of the country becomes like semi-volcanic afterwards. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it caused like a little bit like a like a heat ring, yeah, in the middle of the country, yeah. Cool. All right, uh, so we what have were you gonna say? Yeah, we we need to. I, I think it would be uh, cool to listen to like first responders talking, like EMTs or something. Yeah, um, and. So the people that I think would be the most interesting are obviously first responders there. Um, and people that got affected in like a, a weird way. Yeah. Like, um, like people that worked on like public transport or something. Yeah. People, the everyday people. Yeah. That it would just lose their jobs and, you know, like have to like, now I just became a tram rider for this, you know, lava business <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, i'm gonna go through and see who all we had named in the original episode cool so we had talked about superion red emperor we had brought up nemesis who is a character who appeared in last hero i don't know if we strictly need him to show up except as like a cameo mm -hmm. um we had a guy named heavy step uh <laughs> superhero heavy step i don't know what he does but they're a superhero. Uh, we had Dean Power show up because he's an expert. On, he worked with the Bureau of Powered Individuals. Oh, Dean. Oh, yeah. We'll do that show at some point. I um, know. It's, it's coming. Doc Quantum. Cool. Cool name. We had some fun names in this one. Yeah, we had better um, names than actually like, powers <laughs> for them. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the powers come from the names. Uh, we had Incognito. Hard awesome. to remember. But impossible had, to forget. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had Moonshadow. Yeah. Who attacked supply depots and, like, you know, established guerrilla war warfare. Wait, was he the one that can change ink? <laughs> no. Oh. But I like that idea. We I think that's a that cool. at some point. Maybe yeah. that's Incognito's power. He's just full body tattooed. Or just any tattoos, but then can like move them up to his face to like put different shading on his face to look like different people. That'd be cool. You had um Silver Shield. <laughs> Weird. He he uh he's one of the guys he was a first responder who helped save people when the actual fight was going on. Oh, cool. Um, what if there was a superhero that came in before Superion and failed miserably? Yeah, I like that. And what if, like, uh, their power gave other people... Something happened and they gave, like, everyday people, like, superpowers. He came in and tried to establish his own team, like, on yeah. the ground and got found out and it went really badly. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a, I like that event. Um, Maybe it's, like, a scientist that lives in Wichita that, like, gave himself a power because <laughs> people couldn't get in or something. I don't know tries to empower and super empower the average citizens but it goes really badly and that's why the government is slow to respond hell yeah yeah cool that can be a, that can be outlined in like three during the occupation <laughs> uh do we want to give these guys powers or is that not such a huge deal yet i mean we definitely can if, if we're going to talk to them Sure. Um, heavy step. Heavy step. What are Oof. you thinking? Uh, so heavy step. Um, 
I guess he he sounds like a bruiser, but yeah. he also could be utilitarian. Um, like can can uh, uh, form the shape to get somebody over something, um, or uh, can what is it? What's the power where you can touch something and like lift it up? Not super strength, but like it's like a type of telekinesis. Superboy has it, I think. Superboy Prime, maybe. Oh, um, like if, if you give something gravity or something? <laughs> tactile telekinesis. Yeah, you touch it and that lets you kind of like lift it, but you have to touch it. Hmm. I mean, that's cool. What What would, why is his name Heavy Step? Because he was a kickboxer. Or a... <laughs> or a, or a soccer player. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work in like, you know, you get your name from your power and your backstory. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I get it. I'm just, I'm still trying to think of like what a heavy, like a heavy step. Um, you could do that thing where you do like the butterfly kick where you like spin the ball between your legs, but he does it with like a bulldozer. He so kicks weird. a bulldozer at someone. Cool. Or if he just has the kicking power of an elephant or something. Yeah. Strong or kicks. And, and more strong kicks and more wait, wait for it and more and uh tactile telekinesis yeah. yeah you're into that huh. uh dean, dean powers obviously he has the he he's a null <laughs> yeah uh power null which yeah. for those of you who don't know the genre very well means that when someone comes within a certain radius of him it disables or dampens their power yeah um, and he kept that power secret. So when uh, Doc Quantum, who is the guy who invented ways to give other people superpowers, he gave Dean Power a, a superpower, <laughs> which is the power uh, of what was it? Emotional hunger or whatever? Emotion, emotional vampirism? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Gets horrifically or maybe he killed. By Red Emperor's people. Yeah. Whoops. Cool. Uh, incognito. Hard to remember? Yeah. Can make others hard to remember, too. Anything else on Anything else on Incognito? Not unless you want him to be the... The guy that can, like, mimic our, uh, body ink or something. I feel... I I don't know what that guy was. I don't even know if we used that guy, but I think that's cool. It is cool. I think let's give that to like let's let's make that its own thing. Only because it feels like if you're using tattoo stuff to shade your face, you are passing yourself off as other people, not trying to make yourself hard to remember. You know what I mean? Okay. I guess that's just how I'm thinking about it. Sure. All right, what's Moonshadow's thing? Uh, it's some. I mean, obviously, it's something at night. It's something yeah. about they. the The thing is, we had come up with Moonshadow to be running a guerrilla war against the occupied against the occupiers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Attacking supply de depots and establishing a guerrilla force. So he's got people fighting with him. Um. They're fighting against the Red Guard, which is I. You know, whatever Star Wars. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so something that has to do with like being hard to hit or being sneaky or but like aggressively sneaky. Aggressively sneaky. Oh, that's that's a great power. <laughs> I'm aggressively sneaky. At night. Not Only. in a weird way. Yeah. Maybe like at night he just becomes two dimensional. I kinda like that. Can become two-dimensional shadow person in moonlight. And when the moon yeah. shines on him, he becomes two-dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. Like a shadow. Yeah, like a moon shadow. Oh, like a <laughs> there oh, <you> go. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Cool. We got to call him aggressively sneaky man. Okay. okay. Yeah. Anyway, I get. I get it now. Uh, Silver Shield. Uh, uh, there, the the we put Silver Shield in their little like. These are kind of like, I don't want to say they're montages. They're not anthology stories, but they're kind of like 
it's almost like short stories in an anthology where it's like you start with an interview and it turns into a, them telling a specific story about what they were doing. Yeah. And Silver Shield was saving innocence, showing the heroics of normal people, and fighting in the streets. Cool. Um, so powers that are conducive to that. Um, maybe he has like that kind of thing where uh, if you get hit, you just deflect it or something. After Mortal Kombat did that, I feel like that might be played out a little oh, bit. Yeah, that's fair. Um, um, how about... Uh, uh, it could be a thing where it can change the state of their mass. So, like, where they're about to get hit or shot, they can turn it into, like, metal or okay. hard. Uh, I, like, I like it. I think... <laughs> I the name is making me think of Silver Surfer, how he has like a board with him. Right. Um, I don't know if we want to do that necessarily. Uh you want to make him a silver surfer? I mean, not specifically, but instead of a board, he has a legendary shield that he, that he that can he... control telepathically or something. Like he bonded with it. It's kind so of like it's... a combination of Thor, Mjolnir, and the Silver Surfer. Yeah, I like it because honestly, if it's like similar to like a trash can lid, uh, then he could uh, like s not surf, but snowboard or yeah, sled the, the legolas shield the, slide, the silver sledder, <laughs> silver slayer, but it's Ew. S L E I G H E R. Yeah. <laughs> um. So there's the shield of Achilles, which you could have. Um. Aegis, which is Zeus's shield. So is it the kind of thing where if anybody holds this thing, they become that person? It could be. All right, I'm into that. Yeah. Ach Achilles shield has never been used to my knowledge. Cool. Um possesses and is bound to the shield of Achilles. Does that mean he has the heel? He's invulnerable except for his heel. <laughs> sure. I it, it's it, it it would be an interesting quirk. Uh because maybe he's like He's going around in street clothes. He's got a shield, but he's got armored boots on. Yeah. And that's the only armor he wears. And he's yeah. like, it gives me a steady, it gives me a solid step. And heavy step is like, hey, that's too close. That's my thing. That's my thing. <laughs> um, uh, maybe heavy step has the ability of altering uh, gravity in his own body. Yeah. So like when he like goes to take a step down, he can make gravity super strong, so he can like break stuff. Yeah, or whatever. I don't care. He, uh, yeah, if he was, he's like uh, or he knows capoeira or something. Oh, cool. <laughs> knows. Oh man. Okay, I'm gonna try this. If you put a, oh my god, is what that, is that anywhere near right? C a o p c a p. O E I R A. All I right. Got it. First out of my first try. And I don't have another window open. No, sure. Now, for people who don't know what capoeira is, it is a martial art where you are flopping around your hands while kicking your feet in the air. It similar, is, to, similar to Eddie from uh, Street uh, Tekken, right? It is a Brazilian street fighting martial art, which is very, very fluid and mobile and is often called dance fighting. Yeah. Which is you, pretty cool. You might know it from Bob's Burgers. Cause... You also might know it from the one movie called Only the Strong. <laughs> oh, yeah, Bob's Burgers. Capoeira. <laughs> Capoeira. You're going to miss your 3 o'clock appointment. All right. <laughs> we got characters lined up, mostly. Yep. Yeah, we got characters done. Uh, yeah, so this is what we do. We take an idea and uh, we start breaking it down. And we're like, okay, we want to get this done in uh, however many days, however many weeks, whatever. And then we start saying, okay, we need to work on our characters. We got to get a story. We got to start getting the beats down. So step one, obviously, is your character development and the rough idea of what you're trying to tell. So what you just saw was uh, how Dylan and I do that. It it's easy peasy. The thing is, have a good time. Uh, engage with your imagination and make something that you want to see. Uh, that that's it. Um, and steal ruthlessly. 
steal ruthlessly, but change the name uh, subtly. So you yes. can't get in trouble for IP yeah. problems. Anyway, if you want to see the progression of this thing, you can always check out our website, uh, sendnobodies.com, where you can find uh, the cold run of CYOP. Create your own pod venture on there. Uh, you can find all of our shows. You know, Real Boys is going on. Uh, talking upstream. Once again, we have a great guest this next week. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Timothy Dowling. Awesome, awesome guest. Uh, we were... Uh, I, I was really just uh, intimidated by how much this guy oh, yeah. knows, which is cool. But we appreciate everything you're doing. Give us a shout out. Uh, let us know. Hit like, subscribe. Give us any feedback. Send us messages. Send me an email. I do not care. Hit me up on WhatsApp. You can be uh, some of the cool people that help us out by going to patreon.com backslash some nobodies. Uh, yeah, don't text Dylan. Text me. Um, some people that do help us out that we got to say thank you to Scott Curtis from behind the bits. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for believing oh. us. Uh, I hope we're making you proud from everything we're doing with, uh, with your help. So thank you. Uh, Sarah Takachik, Tanya Sheck, listener app. Thank you guys very much. Uh, scene snobs. You guys are cool. If you see this little logo up in the top corner, uh, somewhere over there, uh, scene snobs. There's a lot of really cool nerdy stuff going there. Mick Manhattan's putting together some real nice stuff. Very entertaining, very consistent. So hang out over there. Jeff Dwoskin. You can see me on Jeff Dwoskin show crossing the streams every Wednesday. Uh, he is another award-winning podcaster. So we're in good leagues. Uh, also if you like comedy, honestly, check out Jack Billings presents. It is something yeah. that, uh, we, we should have made up. But some very clever, funny dudes did instead. Uh, it, it really it's, is very entertaining. It's not for everybody, but it is so so. It's not for everybody, and that's the official tagline. It seems. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is entertaining. It is absolute quality. Uh, people spend a lot of time uh, yes. doing this thing, and, and it shows that great it's a quality great, piece. Yeah, yeah, great dudes behind it. So check it out. Uh, but until next time, folks. I've been Zach. He's been Dylan, and you've been great. Bye. Take it easy out there, everybody.